Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marie Chu. Today, we are going to talk about gut microbiome. We are pleased to welcome back our dear friend, Dr. Uche Odiatu. He's the author of The Miracle of Health, a professional member of the American College of Sports Medicine and a practicing dentist in Toronto. He has been the invited guest on over 400 radio and TV shows from Atlanta to Alaska. He is an NSCA certified personal trainer, certified bootcamp instructor, and has given over 400 lectures in England, Canada, the US, the Bahamas, Denmark, Bermuda, and Norway. That was it, quite a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> As always, it's so impressive. And we thank you so much for being with us here, Dr. Odiatu. It's going to be another enlightening discussion. So I invite our listeners to get a tall, refreshing glass of water flavored with berries or lemon and mint and take us for a walk. Always a pleasure. I love sharing with you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Have you heard, Christiana, about the secret killer? I don't know about you, but I never really considered the health of my gut before. Christiana, why is our gut so important to our overall health? Well, today I'm going to have to turn it over to Dr. Odiatu. When we started our podcast, the first thing we turned to was talking about gut health. But today we're going to have it discussed in depth. We want Dr. Odiatu to tell us about the impact of the gut microbiome on our overall health. I was very shocked the first time I heard about the chronic gut inflammation and all the diseases that it causes. I was surprised that the health of my gut had anything to do with arthritis or eczema, allergies and stuff like that. And I've been quite interested in the microbiome since then. So Dr. Odiatu, take it away. We want to learn so much from you tonight. Yeah, well, the microbiome is definitely much uh, an esoteric subject. And it's the reason why the gut microbiome is such a challenge people to get their head around, though, is because it, it's basically it's about bacteria. And the fact that that 99% of the uh, microbiome is uh, bacteria, the rest is um, some viruses and some fungi. Uh, most of us have been brought up and still think bacteria is being toxic and bad and sterile is good. However, because it's got such a bad bacteria, such a bad reputation, the 99% of the single-celled organisms in the human body are beneficial. They do all kinds of good things for us. They, uh, they, they crowd out harmful bacteria like E. coli, salmonella, C. difficile. They make anti-inflammatory chemicals. They produce hormones. 90% of the serotonin is made in the gut. They make B vitamins. They make enzymes. They train our immune system. They maintain the gut lining. They digest food. And they're also a big part of um, gene modulation. So that being said, almost every aspect of our physiology is impacted by bacteria. And we think bacteria is bad. So you can see where you get that disharmony. Sterile is good, bacteria is bad, but here all these bacteria are really our friends. 
That is so interesting. It is hard to sort of wrap your head around that there's bacteria in you that's doing good for your body. Oh, and that's part of it. I think, and again, for me, I, I've been an athlete probably since I was 14, eating healthy my whole life. And it wasn't until about 2007. So 14 years ago, I was at a trade show for a supplement company, uh, just, you know, just hanging out, learning. And then a company came up to me and said, oh, did you want to try some of our product? I go, why? They said, it's, um, it's got good bacteria in it. I went, why would I need that? And they were trying to explain to me the advantage of it. I'm like, didn't make sense to me. Here I am, you know, athlete, working out with weights, looking and feeling good. Had no idea what they were offering me. And I kind of tried it, didn't like the taste. They said, oh, it's an acquired taste. It was almost like a fermented yogurt beverage drink that had 25 billion bacteria compared to yogurt, which only has two to three billion. So it's almost like a therapeutic amount. Wasn't really quite understanding it. And just got it. And here I am, I was a dentist for, you know, 15 years already. And I had no idea of what was going on. And even then, when I came to Toronto and um, one of the dentists in the office said, every time I give antibiotics, I tell patients to have yogurt for 30 days because um, antibiotics, you know, disrupt the good bacteria as well as kill the infection that we're trying to. And I'm like, what? I said, what are you about? <laughs> and I was like, I almost mocked him. And here I am now, I, I lecture and I talk about microbiome, but to give an idea, so here's me with college education, certification, a, a doctor, and didn't give this the time of day until I started reading how powerful the microbiome is, but also what happens when it's not happy. And then you really get motivated. You know, when any, any number of the 100 autoimmune diseases or accelerated aging, it is wild. When your microbiome is not happy, there's a fallout is far reaching. So Dodi, uh, Dr. Odiatu, um, I had was doing a little bit of reading and prep for our, our discussion today. And the whole concept and, and all the learnings about our microbiome is really quite new. I mean, even you said that you just learned about it like 14 years ago. I guess the whole medical community is still new to the information that like that's coming out about the microbiome. And, and it is very rudimentary. You'd be surprised. And like, you know, um, medical doctors, again, the microbiome, a lot, a lot of it has to do with diet and food and medical doctors just don't take that many hours of nutrition anywhere from zero to 22 hours at Tufts. <laughs> While dent, dental hygienists, there's a, a dental college I did a, a just a six hour, no, a 90 minute lecture for as a guest lecturer um, a couple of years ago. They do 32 hours in their three year program in Florida, 32 hours. So that's why, you know, dentists and hygienists, we do a lot of nutrition. So nutrition is, is a key player in keeping your gut healthy. So because medical doctors don't do a lot of nutrition, you know, they're healers and everything else, but they don't do much nutrition. I said anywhere from zero to like 20 hours. It's not a big part of what they do, but when you look at the microbiome and what's, in, you know, between hormonal health, B vitamins, digesting food and the immune system, it's amazing how much you leave off the table if you don't start doing some information on the microbiome. I think, I'm not sure there's even any PhDs yet with microbiome. I think, I'm sure there's people studying it, but the first phase only happened at the National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, and it finished um, eight years ago. They haven't started the second phase yet, but wow. once you're understanding it though, it is powerful. It, it is, it blows the doors off. You'd be surprised what you can, how you can look and feel better by starting looking at gut health. Yeah. Okay, so what is the first thing we should do? Um, first thing you should do, it all depends on what you're, you're dealing with. Like somebody from bloating or indigestion, 
uh, mental uh, fog, fatigue. Um, if you're having a complete diet and you still ha- you're feeling tired and you have good sleep, look at microbiome. But and again, a lot of people go to the doctor for energy or lacking tired, looking lacking energy. So, and again, uh, do you need pills or do you need to go to bed or do you need to take care of your biome? But in the U.S., for some reason, they do a lot of studies. The National Institute of Health, the California Institute of Technology. Uh, one of their experts just said, "Our health is our overall health is impacted by our genes, but it's equally impacted by the microbiome." So they're not now actually possibly calling it an organ. This three pound total weight of our bacteria all over our body, with the majority of it being in the, in the intestine, um, they're actually saying it, it could be perceived as an organ. So it's going to be a few years before they actually acknowledge it, but they're saying its impact on our health is as powerful as our genes are. So this is where you start seeing. So, and again, it, it, you start impacting it as little as by changing your diet, but we'll, we'll talk about other things though before we get to diet, because everyone was, was, you know, wants to know which probiotic do I take? And it's not just about probiotics. Right. There's much more to it than taking a probiotic or eating yogurt, much more to it. Actually, when I first learned about the gut microbiome, like I said, I was really taken aback. And it's like um, you were asking about mainstream medicine is not looking at that, Sherry. I think most of the functional health doctors and, you know, alternative medicine people are actually studying this more and treating their patients according to that. Not only did I learn about it, but I actually practiced it. And also while I did my nutrition um, program, I helped people get over disease conditions just by changing their lifestyle, changing what they eat. Imagine we had this guy who had, um, there was an insulin and hypoglycemic agents, and he was able to get off both, just lifestyle change. We had people with arthritis, blood pressure. It was amazing to see results. And so that's why it excites me. And the other thing is that even if our gut microbiome is compromised, we can do things to fix it. That is a good thing about it, which I'm sure we're going to get into. So it's just one topic that just makes me so happy. Yeah, because it's like you can actually do something yourself to make yourself healthier. And so that is really exciting because it's really in our power. It's all about what we put in our mouths, right? Yes, like that's favorite food of mine. Every time (laughs) you eat and drink, you are either causing disease or preventing it, right? Right. So to think that whatever goes into your mouth is what your health is hinged on, you know, to a great extent is just amazing. So that the power is right in your own hands. You don't need your doctor or anybody to tell you, but you can, you know, I think patients are becoming more and more smarter and, um, you know, doing a lot of research and, you know, also bringing questions to their doctors. There are actually a lot of doctors that are starting to look at this as well. Like my sister's doctor is amazing. Wow. I I think a part of it though is as much as we think people are, certain people are looking at it, but other people still go through the drive-through. Um, <laughs> that is a given. You know what I think about that, right? People right. I mean, that. That was our fight before. That Christiana said we can't just have someone start to eat salad. They'll still and apples and avocados. <laughs> well, there's, all, there's always going to be some people that don't care. Like as much as I don't think there's anyone that will say that exercise is bad for you. But 
85% of people don't exercise. Um, we know that telling your partner or your loved ones that you love them is good for you. But many people go days and weeks without being told, I love you. So as much as we know this stuff, people don't do what they know. Uh, so that being said, all you can do is educate and uh, try, give your heart, be, be sincere, have authentic communication and give people information in a manner that they might be able to absorb it at their level. But ultimately, um, people who are interested will always be the ones seeking out the information. And there's people who need to be cared for. Like kids don't pick out their food that they eat at home. But you're surprised how many, how many kids grow up eating junk food and no vegetables and eating French fries and, you know, all kinds of processed food just, and parents with good intentions. So we literally have to share. That's why, you know, they, they have, you know, um, home ec at school just to teach kids how to cook and they talk about vegetables. It's incredible. So, but that being said, and you can bring a horse to water, but you can't teach, you can't make them drink. You can teach people all kinds of things, but, and this is where it gets to be that, that shift in, it's not just, people don't just need more information. They need to be inspired to create a shift in how you look at the topic to start making positive change themselves. So that's a whole other discussion as much as, yeah. just, but sometimes though, if you, if you just share this powerful topic, like Hippocrates said, all disease begins in the gut. Mm-hmm. So the first doctor said all disease begins in the gut. And they said there's accumulating evidence, like evidence is accumulating, that some of the most serious diseases that they're most afraid of um, start off as an imbalance in organisms in the GI tract. And it leads to the development of diabetes uh, and even cancer. So this is where it starts getting interesting. So if cancer is like one of the top three killers and diabetes is the fourth biggest killer, um, and it says often it starts off with an imbalance in the biome, then maybe the biome should be the place we should maybe not just exclusively not treat diabetics or people with cancer, but if you're looking at a prevention model, which is cheap and easy compared to chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and you know insulin, let's start looking at dysbiosis and uh, problems in the gut, which is from bloating, from people being constipated, diarrhea, um, irritable bowel. So it, it, it's a fascinating subject. Um, Athletes are really working hard because athletes always want the edge. So they're the ones hacking their biome to perform better. But if they said, if you could actually have a better biome, a better gut, you can actually think more clearly. Hey, the CEO, managers, doctors, mothers, fathers, students, we all should be hacking our biome to have more lucid thoughts. The interesting part that your, what happens in your gut affects your brain, your mind with all the mental health diseases out there, like that if your gut is healthy, it will abate your anxiety, your depression, you know, can be brought under control or maybe you can even get rid of it, you know, from having a healthy gut because of that brain-gut connection, which is another new thing in the health-gut microbiome studies. So that's another area that excites me. And the thing about athletes, though, yeah, you were talking about the healthy eating and all that. But see, we're not even starting from the young athletes. I remember when for so many years, I know this is a, where you and I differ, Dr. Odiatu. I believe in supplementation. I know you don't. You prefer the apple, avocado, <laughs> and salad. But see, when my kids, especially my boys, they are very athletic. And, you know, as Nigerians, we're very, very particular about the classroom. So... I had to balance them, you know, both on the court or in the field with their classroom work. 
uh, because I had to make my husband happy too. So that was when I actually got introduced into the field of supplementation because all they were getting was like, I don't want to call any drinks, but the glucose or, or, or sugary drink to boost them, give them that energy. And I used to think when I trained as a nurse, like 30 something years ago, they said sweat is salt and water, but sweat is actually everything in your body, everything coming out. So how do you replenish it with just, you know, um, sort of glucose? So that was where I got interested in supplementing my kids with not just the the glucose drink, but also giving them things to to boost them, like the greens and stuff like that. Like if you actually look at the Canadian food guide, not many of us can, you know, say we we actually eat according to the food guide where you are eating six to eight plates of salads and stuff like that. So, and the fruits and vegetables. So I, I made sure that I balance them out and I, it really helped. Right. So the other thing too, so that, that bothers me. Like if you start them young, they will grow up to do better. Yeah. Like maybe the more uh, famous athletes or people who have money can actually get a chef to prepare meals and stuff like that. What about those kids that are actually coming up, those college athletes? How do we get this into them so that they eat more healthy? Because um, if you eat too much protein, it doesn't stay in your system. It's flushed out. So um, our kids actually eating all those salads that they're supposed to be eating, Dr. Odia, to, to keep them <laughs> balanced. Well, the, the kids who don't get hurt and the kids who have, you know, good skin and the kids who have, who don't suffer from depression, you know, up to 90% of serotonin is made in the GI tract by the interchromaffin cells. So serotonin is a big part of having good mental, emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depression, which is low serotonin, is one of the top reasons for long-term disability. And, you know, childhood uh, teenage suicide and from 15 to 24 is the second biggest killer after uh, motor vehicle accidents. And that's low serotonin. 90% is made in the gut. It comes from the diet you eat. And it's the teenagers where they eat the most horrible diets. You know, you look at the, the junk food, oh, yeah. fast food, yeah. the leaders of pop. And, and I've heard some dermatologists say, your diet has nothing to do with your skin. And my naturopathic doctors say is your skin is your, is your diet's report card. So I think a lot of us deal with things from different, our own silo and not to disparage, but um, results count. So uh, that being said, an athlete that's really doing well, doesn't have much downtime, doesn't get injured, doesn't have up and down emotional mood swings, performs well every time. Um, let's look at their diet compared to someone who has addictions, lots of injuries, Look at Tom Brady at 43. His, his, his diet's impeccable. And he beat the pants off of a quarterback of the Super Bowl who's 20 years younger, which is unheard of. And again, his diet's impeccable. Uh, LeBron James, I think, said he spends hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Um, and he's been spending money and investing in his, his body his whole life. And he said he wouldn't think anything of take, doing what it takes to have a healthier body. But I, and I, I have a patient, actually, who's um, she used to t- take care of a number of Olympic athletes. And said, you'd be surprised how many athletes don't even look at their diet and they're just gifted genetically, you know, big rib cages, big muscles, good joints. But if you want to start dotting your I's and crossing your T's, or if you don't have genes in your favor, or I would start looking at my diet because we could all eat healthy. You can all go to the grocery store and and get an apple, get some nuts, get some nuts. (laughs) Um, But not everyone chooses to go, you know, it's, it's cigarettes, it's a lottery ticket, it's some beer. 
so, but some people, if you want, but those who are interested, and I think more people are becoming interested, if you want, you know, good skin, good organs, a good mind, and you want a good amount of um, antidepressants in your body, which is serotonin, um, diet could be the way to go. And it's, it's, it's easy, you know, um, we've never had so much food at our disposal. We, you could basically, Uber Eats will give you 24 hour day <laughs> of any want. So there's really yeah, no excuse for me. It's, it's interesting, yeah. interesting subject. It's true. And, and I know you guys both know that I recently lost my father and crazy enough, my uncle. So within six days of each other, my mom and her sister lost their husbands. Oh. And, you know, they were actually just over for dinner tonight. And I asked them, you know, what have you eaten today? as I'm making a gigantic salad, you know? And they're like, oh no, we had like mango at breakfast. And I'm like, uh-huh, green in your diet today. And I literally put that gigantic salad in front of them. And yes, they had rice and yes, they had chicken, but I made sure that they filled their plates with good fresh food as well, because it's gonna make them feel healthier and it's gonna make them feel better about themselves as we're going through this difficult time in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And so I truly believe, and I call them and I'm like, did you walk today? Did you exercise? These are things that, you know, it may sound really trivial to people, but it's so important for them to go outside, get fresh air, to move their bodies and to eat well. As they're still grieving, it's okay to grieve, but I want to make sure that they're, you know, moving forward and taking care of themselves at the same time. Well, the whole thing about grieving, and that's yeah. bad about your about your dad and your um, you said your uncle. uncle. It's uh, but they've shown um, grieving and sadness um, affects the biome. Um, stress, extended stress, affects the biome. They've actually shown that people undergo extended stress, so grieving after a spouse die or an uncle die. Uh, basically, pathogenic bacteria flourish with shallow breathing and poor food choices. So if you get a lot of E. coli, salmonella, C. difficile, candida albicans, and H. pylori flourishing, and then you're not putting good vegetables and foods in you because you, you've lost your appetite, you get a lot of people who are grieving long enough and you can actually die. They've actually shown a long-term marriage, um, a grief if it lasts long enough without any support, um, lots of diseases come into play. So you did a good thing by telling your mom to eat because you've lost your appetite. You really don't, you, you don't feel like um, investing in yourself and making good food. And you have a lot of fast comfort foods, easy foods to eat. Not that mango isn't good, but uh, we're talking fast foods, processed <laughs> foods, or eating at weird, strange times. So yeah. um, anyway, we've talked about how stress impacts uh, the biome. I was going to give you, a, I have a little drop down sheet from uh, a course I gave. So when you think of, this is what extended stress does to the body. It puts long-term healing on hold. So anytime the body's in fight or flight mode, long-term healing goes on hold. That's why diseases often come manifest if someone is stressed out for years or decades or months. Um, digestion comes to a halt or slows down. So even if you eat good food, digestion slows. So that's why people often will gain weight because you absorb more calories from the food because it's slow. Also, the, the mucus layer in the gut, the, the gut lining has a mucus layer that protects you from pathogenic bacteria in your gut, that mucus layer thins under stress. Hence the term leaky gut or gut membrane permeability. 
which many gastroenterologists say actually precedes many autoimmune diseases. And also with extended stress or grieving or depression, gut bacteria decrease in diversity and they become more unstable. So as we get older, gut diversity goes down. So you can actually, people under stress, they don't look as good because they undergo what's called accelerated aging. The gut flora is literally uh, losing diversity. So, so what you've done by giving your, your family some vegetables, <laughs> which contains pre and probiotic, without an ingredients list or a side effects label on it, <laughs> um, you're replenishing the good flora with prebiotics, basically feeds bacteria and creates an environment where bacteria grow, but also they have probiotics. They have actually have live, no food is sterile. So there's actually live uh, bacteria in the vegetables and, and fruit that support gut diversity. So you did a great thing, Sherry, that's amazing. Hey, for sharing. Actually, <laughs> and, and that is the whole essence of this program to be able to share. Like Dr. Odiati said earlier, people know and they don't do it. They say knowledge is power, but it's actually knowledge that you practice that is power. Like common, <laughs> common knowledge is not common <laughs> practice. So, but I think if we keep feeding people little bits at a time and just keep talking, you know, the more you hear, eventually something will catch on, right? And like yeah. Sherry was saying, Christiana, like, yes, I do support the, the fact that people, you know, some people need that little doses of information. <laughs> they need the encouragement. They need their hands to be held. Like not every daughter is going to have a gigantic bowl of salad waiting for a newly widowed mother. So kudos <laughs> to you. But those people that are not doing it, the more we share information on how important it is, how food actually destroys the lining of your gut and will eventually lead to leaky gut and all these chronic diseases, the more people know about it. Look at it this way. I'm, I'm a healthcare practitioner, so it's Dr. Odiatu. We only found this out a few years ago, right. you know? So what about someone who's not even in the healthcare industry? So they may not know, right? And then knowing it and talking about it. And also I love to bring children in because I mean kids, because you get them young, you got them for life, you know, just talking to parents and letting them know, especially the athletes, you know, you need to give them something. To, to protect them. I remember the doctor that I first heard this from, especially I'm going back to supplementation. What he did, he, he said he walked um, on a barn and he was taking the supplements that they gave to the animals and he played sports. He was, when I met this guy in Newmarket, he was 70 something years old. He was as strong as a horse. He was jumping up and down. So first he was a veterinarian and he was selling his, friends that are doctors, you know, you know, people need to have this and that, and they will not listen to him. Then he went and trained to become a doctor. So he said his friends used to say, go see him. He'll treat you like a dog, but you'll be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, so because honestly, balancing nutrients and vitamins and all this is very important. And also the carbohydrate. It's not that you're not going to eat it, but the quality of carbohydrate, which is what I think Dr. Odiato should talk about next, about food, quality of food. And I actually want to challenge you, Dr. Odiato. Can you tell us what you eat in a day? Please. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What did I eat today? Yeah. Oh, to give you a sample today. Okay, so 
um, I've had two cups of coffee, which mm-hmm. no, universally people think they always apologize, but coffee actually is loaded with polyphenols. Um, every cup has two grams of fiber in. Um, an epic study of 3 million people showed that it lowers chance of heart disease and extends life expectancy. So I had two cups of coffee. Um, I also had a uh, cage-free uh, spinach egg wrap from Starbucks. <laughs> Again, three or 400 calories. Um, uh, it has egg in it, which is, a, which is one of, uh, in the diet, it's one of the most bioavailable forms of protein. Spinach has probiotic qualities and fiber. It's got a whole grain wrap which again is fiber. So that's what I had at, at, at probably brunch or lunch. In the afternoon, I've, I've only worked from uh, about one o'clock till eight o'clock tonight. But th- later on in the day I had, and again, I, did, I wasn't well prepared, so I didn't bring my, uh, my, a, a great selection with me to work. But I, had, I always carry, and I bring with me in the refrigerator here, we have, uh, I have a liter of um, fatty yogurt, plain yogurt, one to 3% fat. But plain yogurt is loaded with pre and probiotic qualities um it's a it's an organic one that's not neither here nor there and to add to it i added some um, ancient grain cereal so it was kamut flakes quinoa and um, some spelt chips and that was uh dinner and had a big bowl of plain yogurt with um um uh like a very good whole grain quality kamut flakes uh spelt and uh quinoa um cereal and I obviously drank water. So I, I've had a low calorie day. And um, but so you got to think almost everything I ate today was gut friendly. And I didn't do it by intention, but I basically stacked the odds in my favor by stacking at work. I keep a big bag of ancient grain cereal in the fridge. Just It's the easiest place to hide it from the rest of the team. And, uh, <laughs> now they know. <laughs> now they know. Yes. And I also usually bring a couple of tubs of plain yogurt because. And yogurt's very filling, but I, I could put a big bowl of yogurt and some uh, ancient grain flakes in a bowl and um, it, it takes off my hunger for me. So, um, yeah, so very gut friendly. And I just, and, and that's what I was saying to people, if you really want to just, and again, a lot of people think I'm not going to start using this until I understand it completely, which means people are, because nutrition, like medical practice and dental practice is a practice, just like in the eighties, we said eggs were bad. And then, uh, in the 90s, we said fat was, you know, fat was bad. Uh, we now realize that um, things change and evolve. But if you want to wait until you understand it all to try it, you're going to wait a long time. So just start eating for gut health, which is fiber, vegetables, fermented foods like yogurt, uh, good quality cheeses like feta and goat cheese. And you'll start realizing, hey, my belly's flattening out. I'm losing some cravings. My skin is clearing up. And I'm feeling a little bit more emotional, well, have emotional well-being. Because there's actually a study called psychobiotics. Uh, in England, um, Dr. Cryan did a study with them um, giving probiotic, dual probiotics to a control group and then a placebo group. And people had a sense of well-being after 30 days with a daily probiotics. So they started calling it psychobiotics or neurobiotics because of the ability of what's in your gut impacting your brain uh, through the vagus nerve and through the enteric nervous system. It, it, this is wild when, you, when I start, when I realize how, I, I didn't eat that much today, but everything I ate had, had some gut-friendly qualities to it. I totally agree about like stacking everything in your favor. Like when you go grocery shopping, I really think about it. What am I going to stick in my fridge for when I don't know what I want to eat, 
but it's whatever's in there is all good for me. So I'm right there with you with the plain yogurt. And people always think that I'm crazy when I'm like plain yogurt, but it's so good because you add to it what you want. And there's nothing, there's no extra sugars in there that you have to worry about. And it's just good for you. And yeah, it is very filling. I, I really enjoy that same kind of your dinner. I enjoy that for breakfast. Nice. That's <laughs> nice. And it shows. You know, I always say um, people who look and feel good leave clues. So if you want to look and feel good, if you want to follow Sherry around, like, hey, what do you Clues, clues. If you say, you you're in your 50s. How the heck do you have so much energy? Look what I'm eating. Look what I do. Look what I'm, look what I, look what I, what I'm drinking. And, uh, and you'll soon see why. You know, Uchi, I, I, I thought a stressful job makes you gain weight. Well, I drink water. I drink coffee. I do gut-friendly foods. It's fairly easy. And I'm not waiting until all the science is in. I've jumped on it. And I'm, I'm hacking my body and I'm following the principles of, of what these gastroenterologists and epidemiologists are saying. Um, immunologists and epidemiologists, one of them was um, Jeff Sonnenberg out of University of California and Rob Knight. He's one of the founders of the American Gut Project. It's a crowdfunded way to test your biome. They said our gut flora, the bacteria, they have an all-encompassing primitive foundational desire for fermenting fiber. Um, the only thing they want, and it's funny because there's essential fats, essential amino acids, essential vitamins, uh, but no one talks about fiber because it's cheap and there's no lobby, not lo lobby group. But the immunologists and gastroenterologists have said our gut, which is like 99% bacteria, that's the single-celled organisms that are in it, they, all they want is fiber and they ferment it in the colon. In the last five feet, our body ferments fiber. And what happens is they make something called short-chain fatty acids. And these, uh, what uh, Bob Knight says at the University of Nebraska, are some of the most anti-inflammatory agents our body makes. And when you look deeper into what inflammation is, almost every disease, that, that from heart disease to um, dementia, to diabetes, to cancer, have an inflammatory component. Mm -hmm. So if you're eating an anti-inflammatory diet, and a key part of that is fiber. And the sad thing is, though, is, is that the average adult eats half of the fiber their body wants. They eat half. So instead of 25 grams a day for women, 35 for men, the average person eats 12 to 14 grams a day. And look at diseases from periodontitis. Any disease that ends in itis has an inflammatory component. So from gingivitis, periodontitis, to heart disease, to uh, dementia, to diabetes, to cancer has an inflammatory component. So some people are just walking around unable to prevent these illnesses and diseases because they don't, their body is not making anti-inflammatory chemicals, which the it's made by the body's perfect little pharmacy. It's called the microbiome. And that's why they call it an organ. It's, 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 as I tell you, I realize how absurd it is not to eat fiber and suffer inflammatory diseases and not look at the, the roots, which is you are what you eat. And like Hippocrates said many years ago, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. Yeah. I'm going to take you guys back again a little bit. This is, again, just trying to emphasize my reason for saying educating you know just talking so people will understand a lot of people go by you know you you guys are talking about yogurt i'm glad you both talked about you know plain yogurt but a lot of people will have the same thing like um cherries breakfast and have a yogurt and some grains and stuff like that it may not be plain yogurt and they don't even know what the sugar content of that yogurt is. 
Like recently, <laughs> I was the first thing you need to check. <laughs> yes, I was looking at the different content. Some yogurt have as much as 12 to 16 grams of sugar in that little container. So you are just eating sugar and that's not going to help you because the bad bacteria and the gut, they feed off of these sugars, right? Mm -hmm. So that is why when we talk, and this is what I mean by holding people's hands, helping people to understand what is good, healthy, because a lot of things that are marketed out there as healthy foods are actually not good for you. You know, so that is why, you know, putting it as plainly as Dr. Odiato puts it, like, you know, anything without a label is more or less what you should be going for. The salads, the avocados and all that. But the other thing that I read recently that had me concerned, there's also this thing about gluten and how it destroys the gut lining. And so a lot of people, there are lots of foods that are being sold as gluten-free and they are made from rice, corn and so forth. But I just read that the, the gluten in those things are just equally as bad as from other grains. So any form of grain has gluten in it. And not everyone is allergic to it, but I still think the quality of the grain that you eat whole grains versus, you know, processed grains and stuff like that is so important. No, I hear you. Uh, I think it's with, but like anything, your know, quality is everything, right? There's different qualities of chocolate. There's different qualities of clothes. There's different qualities of car. There's different qualities of, of, of everything. So, um, and again, the business of food is massive. Like it's a billion dollar industry. Like some, some of the wealthiest companies, all they sell is, uh, uh, that red sauce that you put on fries and artificial sweeteners. <laughs> and like you don't realize, you know, people said, if you ever want to get uh, really rich, don't sell to wealthy people, sell to everyone. So Q-tips, um, uh, Band-Aids, I'm, I'm using brand names, to uh, the, the red sauce you put on French fries, to uh, fast food outlets. To, when you sell to everyone, you can get really rich. But in the meantime, though, um, and again, can you help everyone? No, but... But I think if, if you have uh, an affinity to seniors, and that's you, Christina, then you help, that's your group. Um, if I coach healthcare professionals, that's my group. If a teacher has a kindergarten and grade one and two and threes, and she talks nutrition because some kids go to school without breakfast, she, that's her sweet spot. So I can't help everyone. Christina can't help everyone. You know, Sherry, what she did was she took care of her, her mom and her her, her um the sister today and, mm -hmm. and you know, the buddhists talk about you know you, yeah go ahead try and save the world but you'll get exhausted take care of the next person that puts a hand out to you so we each have a sweet spot of influence and now work on that rather than oh i'm going to save the world well how can we just pass by a dog that was limping in the street how can we didn't there, there was a gentleman that asked for directions and you pass by so i, I look at people in my periphery or in my in my warm area which is my dental professionals on my dental team and uh that's where i start with so start with where you are and work on the world later you know mm -hmm. start with where you are work on the world later so i work on my patients chair side and healthcare professionals when i, when I speak at conferences and I, I feel i'm doing my bit and i go home you know satisfied and fulfilled just like you do christina and just like you felt sherry when you you fed your family some good heartfelt food and we took it one step further 
with the forever young person. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really insightful. And I would say, Dr. Odia, too, what advice are you going to leave us with tonight for my people, those people that need their hands held, not you and Sherry's people that are already eating the gigantic salad, <laughs> <laughs> avocado. Listen, and, uh, I can, you can always learn. <laughs> yeah, you can so always learn. What, what is your words of wisdom for people? Sometimes it's not that people don't want to, to like everyone, especially at the beginning of the year, everyone wants to have a healthy life, right? Work out more mm-hmm. and do this and change. And then people just fall off the wagon. We live in a fast-paced society where, you know, the fast food, like you had fast food today, for instance, but it was healthy, right? Mm. So teaching people how to make the right choices, right? Going through that drive-through, what what do you have to tell our listeners? Okay. So um, these are some about uh, nine strategies that will, and people should grab a pen and paper because, um, I put this together from four different books and about 10 different articles. So there's nine strategies. strategies. One, don't eat the same food every time. Eating the same food, which lack variety, doesn't stimulate gut bacteria diversity. So you might have favorite foods, but try different kinds of greens. Don't just eat spinach, eat asparagus, eat arugula. You know, don't just eat the same kind of green apple, eat a red apple, eat a crab apple. So make sure your food has lots of variety. And that stimulates a healthier species and variety in your gut. So one, don't eat your same f- favorite food all the time. Two, limit or reduce junk food. So junk food, by definition, is, is high, high trans fat, lots of sugar. And as Christina said, it stimulates pathogenic bacteria. So reduce or eliminate junk food for a healthier microbiome. Three, eat fiber. Um, immunologists and gastroenterologists and now naturopaths have talked about about 25 grams a day for women, adult women being ideal, and about 30 to 35 grams for men. Sure, there's people with um, irritable bowel and celiac, which have to be careful. That's less than 1%. So they need to talk to their doctor about that. But for the average person, they need to eat more fiber. Four, look at household disinfectants. A lot of antibacterials and uh, uh, and these uh, things that uh, we, we've made our houses too clean. I know the pandemic has encouraged it, but they said, um, our houses are so clean that the, the kids aren't being exposed to the variety of germs and bacteria. What happens is it's made their immune systems actually hyperactive. And this is actually was stated in the Scientific American in 2016. This is not my information. It's from Scientific American, very prestigious scientific journal. Number five, long-term use of prescription medication. So the very medication that's keeping you alive and helping with your blood pressure and even with even birth control pills and antibiotics they have some good intentions, but when you look at the side effects of medication, the list is always longer than the thing that they're actually preventing or, or treating. So um, talk to your doctor, are there alternatives, but also just don't abuse over-the-counter drugs and your medical drugs. Number six, sedentary living. The less you move, the less stable and the less diversity your bacteria are. So if you wanna increase the stable flora and lots of diversity, which slows down aging, have a more active lifestyle. Number seven, stress, as we said earlier, actually thins out the gut lining, puts your immune system on hold and slows down digestion and disrupts the good bacteria and it helps to foster pathogenic bacteria. So having a stress management practice, so have a spiritual practice, 
Go see a comedy. Talk to your mom or dad. Journal, pray, meditate. Helps with managing stress. Number eight, go to bed and get seven to nine hours sleep at, at time. And specifically at nighttime, they said that our bacteria for hundreds of thousands of years, they know we're resting at nighttime. But 30% of us have shift work or we have rotating shifts. Again, it disrupts the biome because the biome is very uh, tuned in to light, dark cycle. So shift workers and people who have rotating shifts often have disrupted microbiome. Number nine, uh, not reduce meat. I mean, not, so I'm not saying get rid of meat, but just limit it to better qualities. But anytime you abuse, have a, have a hugely protein-rich or fat-rich food, what happens is you're displacing fiber inside. So um, half your plate should be fruit and vegetables. A quarter should be grains. And a quarter, um, ideally, should be protein or protein alternatives. And this is stated in the New Health Canada Food Guide, which got away with servings and then now just have a plate with half of it being fruit and vegetables. So there you have it, nine ways to support a healthy microbiome and in turn, support a healthy life. Absolutely. Amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, I got it down. Variety. I got it down too. It's fiber, lots of fiber. Yeah. yeah. Right. Move your body, Christiana. Always. <laughs> I've been walking, you know. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like any kind of movement. Actually, something I learned recently, every time you eat, once you finish your food, just do like high-paced exercise. And if you are older, you don't even have to go so hard for about, you know, three minutes. It helps improve your digestion and get that food absorbed so that it doesn't store as fat on your body or go into your liver and cause your fatty liver and so forth. <laughs> so any type of movement is amazing, right? Thanks. That was absolutely wonderful, Dr. Odiati. Thank you so much. I'm very sure that a lot of people have a lot to take with them from this discussion. So until the next time, I'm Christiana Eggin. And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Until then, keep smiling because... You're never too old to become younger. The Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggie and Sherry Marie Chu. And it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill the podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.